Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. I'm Ed Cunningham and I am your host for every episode of this podcast. So thanks for tuning in. If you've got time, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts and I will think you're a fucking legend. Before I get into this book review today, um, which I'm quite excited to get into, I'll just run through the sponsor of the podcast. It's BetterHelp. BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people around the world. I said in the last episode when I was doing an ad for this that I do prefer it face-to-face. But what choice do we have at the moment? Everything's online. Even if you're a kid, you go to school online. The world's fucked. Anyway, in line with that, you can get online therapy with BetterHelp. You can speak to a therapist. And you can be put in touch with one of those, one of those therapist people, within 48 hours. Do you know how long it gets taken to be seen when you're on the public services? Or if that's what the public sector... I don't know, but it's longer than 48 hours. I used to work selling health insurance, so I should know, but who cares? Shorter than 48 hours. And if you don't like the therapist you get, with better help, you don't have to tell them, but you can just change your therapist. No questions asked. It's pretty sick. If you ask me. Which, I mean, you must be, because you're on my podcast. So, better help. As a need to read listener, you get 10% off your first month. 10% might not sound like a lot, but it's therapy. It's not cheap. It's still going to be about 50 quid per week. Actually, it is a bit less, but I'm saying 50 quid just to sort of let you know the higher end, so then you're pleasantly surprised. So 50 quid times four, 200. Take 10% off it, 180. They're the rough figures. That's what you'd get. One therapy session per week. You can text your therapist whenever you want, saying, oh, look. I just looked at myself in the mirror and thought I was a piece of shit. Can we talk about that this week? Therapist will message back saying, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Let's chat about that. Simple. They've cracked it, really. They've made it accessible, and that is what we want. If you want that, the link is in the description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read, and that's 10% off. I always say this, though. If you can't afford therapy, a brilliant book is The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris. It's never going to be as good. It's going to be like having a wank compared to having sex. An analogy I've used far too much nowadays. But it'll be something because something is better than nothing. And if you're feeling like shite, you might as well get the wheels in motion and trying to get yourself feeling better. So 10% off of BetterHelp or The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris or neither of the above. It's completely up to you. Let's get into the episode. This book was recommended to me by Sinead Hegarty many, many, many moons ago. Um, if you haven't listened to my episode with Sinead, go back. Uh, it's episode 20. Or on the Sinead Says podcast, me and her have an argument about likes on Instagram for about an hour, which is pretty entertaining. But this book is The Mastery of Love. Now, The Mastery of Love, I was going to tell everyone, was by a man called Don Miguel Ruiz. Now, every day is a school day, right? Don, in Spanish is like a lecturer at university or a professor or a doctor. So um, every time I've been talking about his books, I've been saying, oh yeah, it's Don Miguel Ruiz. But really, that's just his title. His name is just Miguel Ruiz, if I was going to do the accent. I've read his first book. It may not be his first book, actually, but The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements is brilliant. It's a really short book and it just kind of tells you what you already know about life, but just dresses that up really nicely. 
which I think is the case with a lot of books, right? We all kind of know what's right. Our moral compasses are all kind of set to the right kind of north, but we just need a bit of guidance every now and then. And that is what these books do. So the four agreements, just to run over them, because you might want to read that book as well, if you like the sound of this one. The four agreements are be impeccable with your word, so stay true to your word. Don't take anything personally. Easier said than done. Don't make any assumptions. Once again, easier said than done. And always do your best. I mean, I sound like a bit of a parrot here, but it is easier said than done. Doing your best takes a lot of effort. And um, sometimes I think as humans, we just don't want to do that. It's worth a thought. But if you like the sound of that, then that book goes into great depth of why those should be the four rules in which you live by and how to do so. The book is based on a Toltec religion. We're going back to the Mastery of Love, but it is the same for the Four Agreements. Now, Toltec religion, I haven't read up about it much. I have really no interest in it. But my assumption from what I've made from the book is that it's an ancient religion around kind of the time when Mexico or Mexicans or people in Mexico built those kind of unexplainable pyramids. But, I mean, you can't be sure if you haven't done the research, and I haven't. Um, but I, I've kind of ignored that side of it because it's religion. I, whenever I read books that have religion in, I just kind of take out the concept of religion and just see it as more of a philosophy, um, like guidelines as opposed to a dogma. Now, this this book on love, love is a word you've probably heard me talk about before that I don't, I get uncomfortable when I talk about it because it's a weird concept, right? love it's uh it's love is all around everyone's watched love actually um but you do you love your friends you love your family members you fucking love your pets um especially dogs love is kind of probably what life is about i think without someone to love or without loving yourself and just some sense of love Life kind of just feels a bit empty, which I, I spend so much time trying to love myself. I'm getting there, but um, it obviously it always starts with yourself, and this is where the book comes in. There's a beautiful story at the start of the book where he says, imagine a world where everyone has this skin disease, where they've all got scabs and cuts on them, which are really, really sensitive to touch, and everybody in the world has this, but you don't develop this disease until you're about four years old so up until the age of four you're just roaming around freely playing with whoever you want touching whoever you want and nothing happens but as you get older when you start playing with other people not in that way and you start touching people not in that way it becomes painful and don miguel ruiz you know dr miguel ruiz proposes that this is what our emotional scars are like as people he says that when you reach the age of four that's when you start developing these emotional war wounds as it were from just from everything like parenting like no one tells your parents how to be a parent i'm sure there's books on how to be a parent but i think the whole idea of parenthood is you just fucking make it up as you go along and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't I feel like personally I've been pretty lucky with my parents but 
me and my mum had a conversation once. Um, a friend of mine passed away when I was about eight years old. And me and my mum chatted about the way that she told me and stuff like that. And she got quite upset about the fact that she was like, oh, no one tells you how to how to break the news to your eight-year-old son that one of his best friends has died. And that was a real sort of light bulb moment for me because I was like, do you know what, mum? No one does. So you did a pretty decent job. Like, everything in parenthood is just fucking trial and error. And I think you kind of realise that as you get older, that your parents are just people. And it is such a weird realisation. I probably didn't get to that realisation until I was in my early 20s, later into my early 20s as well. Um, which weirdly coincides from when I was a bit of a prick um, to when I wasn't. So this book is very blamey on your parents, but I think obviously what's what's good and what's worth noting is that the way that you love people, it is based on how you were loved as a child, but you can't fucking blame them for trying. That's what I would say. But let's think about as as a parent you've got to train a child right it's like training a puppy um but probably a little bit more work and they have to come out of someone's vagina um shotgun not mine when you're rewarding this behavior rewarding good behavior punishing bad behavior you're conditioning this child to say that when you do something good you will get something and i think as you get older you kind of realize that you're not always going to get something good for doing good I think some people don't realise that until far later on than others and they're constantly in search of this validation which when they flee the nest and they start getting into like adult relationships they bring that not necessarily pain but they just bring that mindset with them they don't just do good things for the sake of doing good things one thing my mum said to me when I was younger was duty for duty's sake so just like doing it just for the sake of doing it. I didn't really take it on board, but it's something I've always remembered. Um, so that's where these, these emotional scars come from early on, is that maybe, maybe you were sent to your room for something quite trivial, or maybe one of your parents came home from work and they were annoyed and that you were trying to play with them, and they then shouted at you, because obviously they're a person too and they've got their own shit, and I'm, so, I'm sure an annoying little kid is not ideal when you've got your own shit going on at work as an adult and this parent lashes out, that child then associates like going to someone for love and then being shut down. And that's damaging. That might never, like that might not resurface until you're in your 20s or in your 30s even. I don't know. People hit these stages of their life at different times. But that's, that's the general gist of he says that everyone is damaged goods. And here's the most important part, because we know with relationships, to be able to give love, you must be full of love. And to be full of love, you've got to love yourself. It always starts with your damn self. Um, in the book, he says, happiness can only come from inside you, and it's the result of your love. You're responsible for your happiness. We can never make anyone else responsible for our own happiness. And I can think of so many like past relationships, flings, whatever it is, where... I've instantly attached to that person, kind of tried to make them happy when really, of course, they can't do that. And also probably put too much responsibility in their side of the court in making me happy, which has then obviously just caused the relationship to crumble. 
because it doesn't work that way. You can't just have someone making you happy. And I think when it comes to making yourself happy, people are all right, where to start? Just do something every day that just fills your stomach with a smile. Not like a smile on your face, but like a smile from the inside out. Something that truly makes you happy or truly makes you feel at peace. For me, I started the ukulele uh, a while ago. When I say a while ago, probably what, like eight months ago, maybe seven months ago. And I can only play seven songs now, but I can sit there for half an hour just practicing the same chords over and over and over again. And when I start getting them right, no one's there to clap me well done. No one's there to tell me that I'm doing a good job. But it feels good within myself to achieve something. I think one of the keys for happiness for me is growth. So if I was looking to take care of myself in a new relationship, which I'm not, I'm just looking to take care of myself in general, I'd make sure I was always doing something that like, that meant I was growing. For me, it's easy because I shag books, don't I? And I like doing the ukulele and I like doing jiu-jitsu. But these are the things that I've just... I haven't stumbled across these things. I've just tried loads of different things until I found the ones that make me happy. So the key to a good relationship... I'll give you the secret straight away is to be the master of your own happiness. Know that that person that you're with, you can't just give them all the power and say, look, hey, be ha make me happy, please. Please just make me happy. Because what if they fucking, look, let's get a bit morbid. What if they just died and they were your only source of happiness? What would you do then? Even worse, what if they just broke up with you? Nah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But they could always break up with you. They could always be taken away from you, whether that's through death or just from them just not wanting to be with you. These things happen, so don't lose your identity when you go into a relationship because a lot of people master the art of becoming happy on their own and then they head into a relationship and they're like, ooh, that other person could definitely make me happy. Now, there's a few other things about sort of love in this book that I want to talk about and, and how I would relate it to modern-day dating. And probably from my experience, let's, let's talk about from my experience as well, because, you know, no secrets here. When you're in love with someone, in the book he says you must accept them wholeheartedly. You can't just love someone and try and change them. And I've definitely been in relationships in the past where I thought, oh, I'd love to change this about that person. But I tell myself that I loved them. And of course that means that I didn't. I must have felt some sort of love for them or some sort of strong feelings, but to have any desire to change a person that you're getting with or change a person that you want to be with, that's not love. That's just you trying to make someone into someone that you can love, which when you think about it, it's really, really fucked up. And how many relationships are there when they're like, oh, well, you see it on films all the time, like a woman will get with a man, and she'll be like, oh, well, like, we'll stop that out straight away. Like, fantasy football I'm going to go real cliche American but the woman's always like oh well we're going to stop him doing that I'm going to stop him doing this I'm going to stop him doing that and I think people are afraid to be themselves because of this kind of attitude that the world has that you get with someone you're kind of compatible and then you cling on to them for dear life and try and change them and mould them into this person that you want to be with which look if you're asking me it's bullshit one of the best parts of the book, which is probably the least profound and intelligent thing that's written in there, he says, if you want a dog, then why are you shopping for a cat? 
Sorry for the pause there, but I just needed that to sink in. If you want a dog, why are you shopping for a cat? If you set me loose on Hinge or Tinder or Bumble, I'll be shopping for a cat, even though I want a dog. And I think this is a trap that a lot of people go into. This is why I banned myself from dating apps for the year, just because I just lose track of what I actually want. And I'm just I'm willing to chance it, you know. I feel like I might meet someone just in real life. I don't need to go online and flick through a load of cats when there's a dog out there. <laughs> Not the way with the dogs. This is just in the uh, Jesus Christ. That was a bit of a foot in mouth moment, but it wasn't because I was just talking about a quote. So no one quote me on that. This happens for uh, women as well. For anyone, actually. Who cares? If you want a dog, don't shop for a cat. Imagine if I edited stuff out of podcasts. You'd you'd be gutted. You wouldn't get to hear me scramble for my words then. That, by the way, everyone, is exactly what it's like when I go up to girls in real life and try and talk to them. I just say just stuff that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, don't try and change someone. That is one of the keys for a good relationship. If you haven't noticed already, what I'm doing is kind of giving little keys for a good relationship and a brief overview of what's in the book, but more so what it's made me think about. So um, let's talk about abuse. We actually abuse ourselves the most. And one of the quotes from the books, book that I've written down is, you have a limit of the amount of abuse you will accept, but no one in the whole world abuses you more than you abuse yourself. The limit of your self-abuse is the limit you will tolerate from other people. If someone abuses you more than you abuse yourself, you walk away, you run, you escape. But if someone abuses you a little less than you abuse yourself, you might stay longer. You still feel you deserve the abuse. And that got me thinking, I think about this a lot. Do we just want a bad life? do we just want to be treated poorly because it makes for a good story I spend so much time thinking about this trying to figure it out and the answer is I still don't know but people in relationships where someone doesn't treat them right and it doesn't have to be physical abuse or emotional abuse this can be abuse on any sort of scale like if someone just doesn't treat you the way in which you would accept the standards in which you'd set for yourself, they're not being met. It's, it's a form of abuse. Not the kind of abuse that you need to go to the police about, but it is a kind of abuse of, of you and your character and, and like you're, you're just being taken for a ride. For the sake of what? Potentially being right for this person when obviously you're not because they're abusing you in whichever way, shape or form. And also for people listening, like, are you doing the abusing? Like, are you trying to change someone? Who, like in, in my last relationship, we were mismatched emotionally. I was like, I wish you would do this, I wish you would do that. How, like, who the fuck am I to wish anyone to be any different than how they already are? And I bet she felt like shit whenever I'd say anything about wishing she was more emotional or whatever um so like no one's no one's an innocent party here i think 
any of the relationships that you've been in, there's definitely be something that you've wanted to change about someone. Whether you've voiced that or not, it's still kind of unacceptable. So one of the main things from this book to take is make sure you're shopping in the right place. Don't go getting a fish when you want a terrapin. Or don't go getting a horse when you want a cow. And don't go getting a cat when you want a dog. Make sure you have it in your head. Clear boundaries that you'd want to set in a new relationship. Or in the current relationship that you're in. Is it time to start setting some boundaries? Are they annoying you a little bit? I'm not saying if they're annoying you a little bit, they're not right for you completely. But it's about being honest with these people. Not saying, hey, change this about yourself. But like, oh, this actually annoys me when you do this. Did you realise that? And... um if they didn't, it might not be part of their personality. It might not be part of their makeup for them to notice that. It might just be something that they don't even want to do themselves. Because you've got to think that person you're with, they still are abusing themselves. We all are in some certain way. When I sit there for two hours on Instagram just looking through stories of people I literally don't give a shit about, that is a form of self-destruction. That's a form of abuse. When I don't drink enough water in the day, I Like, I know as a person it's a good idea to drink a lot of water. And sometimes I just don't. So we all abuse ourselves in a certain way. And all the, just remember, the people that you're with, they're going to abuse themselves too. This is where relationships are so tricky. Because you're trying to balance one personality and another. Completely. And look, I'm going to be reading a lot more about relationships from this book. Because it's it's a very interesting topic. Um because everyone has them but obviously the most important thing to come from the mastery of love is that you have to love yourself and managing your relationship with yourself is one of the most important things imagine if you were full of love yourself like that would spill out that would spill out to other people you'd start wanting to do the good things and when I say the good things, I just mean anything. Like making someone a cup of coffee or going to the shop for someone when they feel like shit. That's an act of love. And I don't think you can do those things when you don't love yourself. And it does take practice. A good book on actually loving yourself, it is difficult to apply. And I have done an episode on this, but it's Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by Kamal Ravikant. I think that's a brilliant book because it will show you just how uncomfortable you are loving yourself. And it will just show you how much work you have to do. And you might be in a loving relationship. You might be thinking you're in the best relationship ever. But what if your love is just going in between the two of you and there's no love centred inwards towards yourself? Might be worth thinking about. And I think when it comes to the whole like, old true love thing, I do think that's bollocks. This isn't in part of the book. This is just me having a little bit of a rant now. Um, FYI, the book is good. It makes you think a lot if you hadn't sort of noticed. But I think having like one true love, I think that's bollocks. There's 7 billion people on this planet. You can feel a connection with fucking loads of them, I'm sure. And I'm sure that right so my mum and dad they're still together 
they were born in a time without Instagram. They're from the same town. If that was, like, if there was one true love for everyone, fucking hell, they got lucky. What are the chances of that, then, being in the same town? <laughs> Doesn't it seem a bit silly when you think about it when someone's like, oh, my, it's my one true love. Is it, though? Uh, look, mum, dad, if you listen, don't get divorced because I like having you around. But, um, like, is there just one true love? I think not. That might just me being a pessimist or a realist. What are the chances that you went to school with the love of your life? Give me a break, everyone. <laughs> surely, surely people don't actually believe that. Do they believe that? Unfortunately, no one's here to confirm that for me because I'm in this room on my own, have been for the last million days. But um, it's interesting, the whole concept of a one true love. But look, part of finding love is being able to love yourself. And you've just got to trust that someone will come and they will accept that one day. Because there's 7 billion people in the world, chances are someone's on their way. And I just don't think people are patient enough. They go around looking for a dog and on their walk to the pet store, because it's a little bit far, they just pick up a fucking stray cat. And then what? Then they're stuck with this shitty cat for ages. That they might love a little bit, but it's not quite a dog. And that that's a wrap on me talking about The Mastery of Love. The Mastery of Love is a good book. It makes you think. It's very short and very easy to read. Um, shout out to... Sinead Hegarty for recommended it to me. And then another person that listens to the podcast called Sinead, she messaged me saying, have you read it? And it was on my Kindle. And I was like, yeah, do you know what? I'll just do it. Wanted to read it. So I did. So if you want to know more about love, if you feel like you need to give yourself a little bit more love or just love other people a little bit more, then buy the book. It's pretty short. I'm, I'm imagining it's pretty cheap online. It won't cost you much. And... That's that. That's 26 minutes of me ranting about love. You're very welcome for that. Um, thank you very much for everyone that, whilst I was talking about the book, went and rated on Apple Podcasts with five stars or more and maybe a nice comment. You lot are champions. If you haven't done it, please go and do it now. Other ways in which you can support the podcast is sharing stuff on Instagram. Make sure you tag me any quotes or anything I put up or books that you read that you liked. If you want to share that, absolute heroes if you want to go to the next level feel free to buy me a coffee the link to buy me a coffee is in the description um you just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read you can buy me one you can buy me a thousand um i'll appreciate both of them just the same that's a lie i would appreciate a thousand coffees way more than i would just one but look i appreciate any support that i can get here you guys will make this podcast possible the growth since it started has been absolutely mad and i get soppy again but thank you very much everyone that keeps listening because it is slowly changing my life and it keeps me reading the books that are changing my life on the way so thank you very much for listening buy me a coffee do me a review do whatever the fuck you want if you want therapy it's in the description betterhelp.com forward slash need to read 10 percent off so one thing i want to leave you with is do you think there is such a thing as one true love? I don't. If you disagree with me, then fair play. Love you. 
Au revoir. Goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Good night.